Hello, hello, hello. Greetings, citizens. This is Griffin Gaming RPG, and yes, we are back with another Star Citizen <laughs> conversation. Knifehead, welcome. Thank you for following. Wow, I mean, as soon as we get on, somebody follows us, guys. That's a great thing, right? Hey, today with me, as always, I have uh, two of my good buddies here. I've got Fast Cart and Kimmy. Why don't you guys say hello, everybody? Welcome to the verse, everyone. 07. Hey everybody, hope, hope, hope you enjoy this trip tonight. We hope they'll enjoy tonight. <laughs> well guys, sorry we're a little late tonight. We had a little technical difficulty, but we are here. We appreciate the fact that you all have stopped by to hang out with us tonight. We are taking on a subject, as you can see on our screen, to our, what's that, to our left guys? The Idris, the Idris. And uh, we've been pretty pumped up for it, to have this conversation. Uh, as you guys know, uh, news came out last week that the Idris uh, was going to make an appearance in 3.9 as one of the missions that's going to be given out by, um, what's her name? Twitch, Twitch Pacheco. And yeah. so uh, we're kind of looking forward to, uh, no, that's not a Twitch mission. The Caterpillar mission is the Twitch mission, the prison one. We don't know who gives this one, do we? It made it sound like they were all given by her. Were okay. they all given by her? Okay, maybe so. I don't know. That, that, that was my impression. Kimmy, do you remember? I was thinking it was more on the lines of uh, it's it's on your Moby glass or something, and it's uh, yeah, but it's a mission giver mission, right? I mean, yeah, but it's a mission giver mission. I mean, all the missions come from mission givers. I mean, I would assume it's a because they said it was progressive. Okay, well, okay. Well, I said they said it was progressive because you start with a simple mission and it continues to build, right? Um, yeah. But oh, it was a weird thing. Yeah, I was just saying that they had um, uh, various UEE ships with those backgrounds. The Retaliator was there. They had a Freelancer and a Hornet. I don't remember what other ships had that background, but there were some other ones that had that UEE logo behind them as a concept drawing. Military class. Here's on, up on the screen right now is a size comparison that I threw together real quick. Uh, and we can see the Idris is right there in the middle at the top. There's a M and a P. Of course, we know size-wise are, are pretty much identical. Um, but yeah, you're right, uh, Kimmy, the idea of being able to pilot ships this big. I think my, my thought where I was going was, um, and oh, what I was thinking was when you were talking about large scale ships, those of us who came out of EVE, you know, proportionately some of the ships in there were supposed to have large scale too. But, you know, it was kind of hard to gauge that, you know, in the sense of how big they really, really, really were because everything was third person. And, you know, you weren't really, even though you could zoom in and look at the ships when you played the game, you kind of played it in an extended distance, you know, so you couldn't get any idea of how big a ship was. Even when a ship like a Titan came, it, you still couldn't get any idea of the size, you know, but in this game, you definitely get that feeling of size and scope when you look at the ships. Well, some of the um, early uh, videos, I couldn't really tell the size because they were just showing the big ship and not the small ship beside it. I mean, there was, there was one where this, um, this human or person was skating across on, on, on the top of it to give a scale, but even then, I was like, how big is this? Because it shit seemed to go, go on and on and on, so, yeah. Yeah, and even games like Elite Dangerous, I don't know if you got, do you guys ever, do you guys play Elite? I Have you played it? No. Okay, well, if you go into Elite, I, I'm, my point is that there's that same problem of kind of getting an idea of what scale is. There have been several people who literally went out and created these illustrations and pics putting, you know, a figure of a human next to it. And you look at it and say, wow, these ships are actually that big. But when you play the game, they don't feel that big. 
you know. Uh, but in Star Citizen, the fact that you can, you know, even when you get out of the cockpit, it's not until you go outside of a ship and run underneath it, you know what I mean, and run from front yeah. to back, that you really yeah. get an idea of the scale uh, of those ships. Because even when you're inside of them, it's still just hard to perceive. And maybe it's because we're looking at it from a two-dimensional, you know, standpoint. Um, but, uh, yeah, these ships are pretty big, and the Idris is one of the largest ones that we'll be you know, looking to talk about tonight. <laughs> Let's see here. What else have we size got? Size matters. Think, <laughs> size matters, man. And with and how you use it. Hey, Star Citizen is for sake is putting all this together to say, uh, as we get this this mission, and we're getting the the players involved in real time and getting this interaction, then they're saying, hey, we've done the groundwork. We've laid down the tech to in order to do this. And that you're going to get that immediate response, like, as you guys were saying, of the scale, the volume of the ship, uh, the mass that it takes up, uh, that, that you have to fly around it, literally around it, and see it in, in its glory. And it's, it's, it's uh, their way of saying that this is just the preliminary of getting it into the game, but wait until you see the end results of these large-scale, um, massive battles taking place. Because that's what it's all, all going to ramp up to in the uh, end game of how we see these or perceive these uh, capital-sized or large ships. Yep. Well, I think one of the first tastes of that is going to be this battle mission that we get. Because just from the glimpse they gave us the other day in Inside Star Citizen, um, you know, there were multiple ships trying to attack this Idris. And that's just one, you know, just one against smaller ships. We haven't seen where any of the large or medium-sized ships get introduced into I'll tell you what, let's jump into our video that we want to talk with. Guys, just so you know, tonight what we're going to do is a running commentary. So we'll be kind of talking a little bit with these videos. But this very first one, we're going to kind of do more of a watch of. There's a guy named Andrew Rawls who's on YouTube who did a really extensive video on the Idris. And that's the first thing we're going to show you. And then we're going to go and take a look at some CIG stuff. And we'll probably do more talking over the CIG stuff because that's stuff you guys have seen before. But if you haven't seen this video by Andrew Rawls, I think you're really, really going to dig it. So give me one second and we're going to fire that up for you. I'll put, you, I'll put the link in Twitch chat. Hey folks, Andrew Rawl here. So as we move past Star Citizen 3.0 into quarterly releases for 2018, we keep running into a certain ship over and over again in demos and cinematics. The Idris, starting as a corvette, ending up as a frigate, has taken the stage as the second most seen capital ship only after the mighty Bengal carrier. The Idris, which could be the most important ship in the Star Citizen universe in regards to design and development, and also just as critical to the game's success, always seems to jump into places we do not quite expect. So what is the Idris anyway, and why could this ship be the key to Star Citizen's success moving forward? Let's take a look. So the Idris was originally a concept put forth by Ryan Church in 2013 in response to a design brief for a corvette capable of carrying two medium fighters. Ryan Church is a designer responsible for a variety of works, including ships and vehicles in the Star Wars franchise, War of the Worlds, Avatar, and the new USS Enterprise in the recent Star Trek films. 
With the original concept being handed over to the Foundry 42 team, the ship's size had to be increased to compensate for their larger fighters past the 2012 demo. So essentially the Hornets in the original demo were smaller than the Hornets that we see today. So therefore they had to increase the size of the Idris. The Idris M was originally sold oh, for 1,000 US in a very limited quantity. And later, of course, the Idris P in batches up to 1,500 no doubt the ship has contributed to Star Citizen's overall funding totals. So being the first truly massive starship within the game environment to be sold to players... Thanks, Jay, for hosting. Appreciate it. ...in design and development, providing CIG an ability to learn what works at the scale and what doesn't. The design and development of the Idris has had a great influence on the themes associated with uh, Aegis, for example, at the capital ship level. And this work went on to contribute to the Javelin and surely other ships not seen as of yet. As the Idris class is the first playable capital class ship to be sold to backers, it sets the precedent in size, construction, and function for other ships of this size to follow. So let's see what else the team has to say about the Idris itself and its role in the ship development schedule. idea and concept came from a collaboration with Chris and Ryan Church at the time. Uh, it started off as a much kind of smaller ship to what it is now. You can look back on the internet actually and find and find you know the original kind of concepts for that ship. It's it's small. And it's just it's just kind of getting this kind of iterative process for all of the systems that are going in. And yeah, object containers is kind of like it's one of the biggest that happens. In. But there's loads more going on in there. So pretty much every bit of new tech that's come into the ship pipeline or like um, volumetric cars or anything like that has gone into the Idris first. It's been like the test ground for every other ship. Um, it's the biggest ship and it's like the main hub in Squadron 42. So um, we want to get that right to set the standards for all other capital ships. It plays an integral kind of role say Idris, in the Idris. Idris. Yeah, it seems like most of the people in the UK say Idris. So needed to facilitate a lot more kind of, um, a lot more of the script, a lot more gameplay. Uh, no so variations in power. Uh, <laughs> obviously, high priorities. So we had to no work variations out in the, from in, pretty in much the inside out, like the layout to of the ship, to facilitate not only kind of decent gameplay, decent gunplay, um, balance, balancing the gameplay as well from a PU perspective, but also facilitating all the things that are required in the script. And that's really cool, actually, because you, it kind of feeds your inspiration as to what kind of various areas can be. So, you know, it feeds, you, know, you need a reactor, we need a briefing room, we need a med bay, we need all these things. And, it, and it's kind of subconsciously fed into the design theory of every other ship that we've made since. So we've got these kind of archetypes now that we really kind of push through as much as possible to, to make sense of, of each ship. And I think the Idris was the first to do that correctly. In Star Citizen lore, the Idris class is so named for the Battle of Idris IV against the Tavaran in 2544, a substantial wow. victory won by Messer Arab forces. Individual ships in the UE inventory are named for star systems. The most frequently seen Idris is the UEE Stanton, the first solar system in the Star Citizen universe to be designed and developed. Wow, what a coincidence, right? Also, the Stanton plays a critical part in the upcoming Squadron 42 campaign, and we can all look forward to walking its corridors. In enemy contact, the Idris will play a pivotal role in virtually all of our fleet operations, serving in a variety of capacities via our operational wings. 
Although labeled as a frigate in the Star Citizen universe, the real-world Idris would actually be classified as an escort carrier or baby flattop, or maybe even amphibious assault ship due to its availability to maintain and launch four independent craft. This four is made up of three medium fighters, Lighter medium, that is. That was a good lander. I give him that. That was so a let's good get into the details oh, yeah. on the Idris hull itself. There are currently two variants of the Idris. Uh, an M variant, assumed military, which includes the spinal mount and the P, peacekeeper, modified for greater speed and maneuverability the one where with they a had bit more cargo carrying the, uh, capacity. These two variants appear to have interchangeable components, and unlike uh, some Paul's variants it, in Star Citizen, you will be able to modify uh, any interest class to the either and additional configuration. So a P can go to an M, an M can go to a P, so on and so forth. For review purposes, let's focus on the M variant. Why? Because giant spinal gun Y. So how large is the Idris exactly? At 242 meters long, encompassing five decks, the Idris is a similar size but slightly less in length compared to the infamous RMS Titanic passenger liner. With a beam of 126 meters and a height of 46 meters, the Idris M ends up at 37,500 kilograms with a cargo capacity of... We're going to go back over it later. We can cover it when we get to the second part. The Idris features a large radar array and six medium computer shards, so not the best scanning for a ship of the size, but ample systems and avionics ability. In comparison, the Polaris has a capital ship radar array and just two computer shards. With two capital class power plants, two capital class coolers, and six medium coolers to potentially support turret emplacements, the Idris finishes defensively with two capital class shield arrays with Let's argue that on the other part of the video. Let's listen to this part, please. As you would expect, propulsion systems are of capital size with considerable main and maneuvering thruster arrays to help you get to where you're going. The M variant's main armament is a class 10 mass driver mount, appropriately branded as the destroyer, designed as a weapon to be used against other larger vessels, other capital ships, essentially. Also in the bow is a dual-size 7 turret featuring the M9A laser cannon as default loadout. This turret is also for larger targets, but is not another own possibility that you'll be able to hit a medium-sized to smaller craft, depending on rotation speed and the rate of fire outfitted with the weapon that you have. Obviously, that gun's going to be interchangeable. More recently, two dual-size 4 Revenant Gatling guns have also been added to the bow of the weapons package. For Flak Fighter AA defense, the Idris sports five dual-size five-repeater emplacements, two top-facing, three under the belly of the ship. Finally, on hull armament, a Talon weapon system size five missile launcher with a loaded magazine of ten missiles functions to support defensive turrets. It's unknown if we're going to be able to load torpedoes in this launcher, but this kind of flexibility is likely all things being equal. So let's take a look at the individual decks of the Idris as they stand today. The lowest deck of the Idris houses the hangar for the ship utility vehicle, the Argo. It helps to think of the Argo as the cargo slash personnel ferry between the Idris and potentially other ships and bases. Given the space available, it appears the Argo can be switched out for another vehicle of similar size. Along with the Argo hangar, the gravity room is also present on this deck, containing the main ship systems for artificial gravity generation throughout the ship, which of course also makes it a target during boarding operations. This deck also features two independent lifts to the main hangar for cargo and or personnel arriving from the Argo transport. Two of the belly dual-size five repeater turrets are also accessible from the Argo deck. So some would say the main hangar is where the fun and the magic happens. Aside from being armed well as a hull, the real power of course of the Idris is in its fighter-bomber complement. 
launch operations, storage, and repair to three light to medium class fighter bombers live here on the hangar deck. Even that's time right there with the humans flying the hangar are also available directly to the cargo hold of the Idris. These hangar lifts you would use for ship ordnance and changing the weapons package of operational fighters. Lift access to the Argo hangar below and above the flight control and pilot ready room is also available. In the upper hangar deck, you'll find the pilot ready room and flight control. In the pilot ready room, we can expect to gear up for flights with equipment and receive tactical mission updates while talking to your fellow pilots right before a mission. In flight control, on the other hand, uh, coordinates ship movement within the hangar and directs landing procedures. Think of flight control as an air traffic control center in minor day terms for the Idris. So the mid-deck is really the main deck of the Idris. Uh, it contains most of the living space of the ship and the various functional rooms that go along with the ship. The Idris med bay looks quite capable with surgical triage centers, which essentially serves as an onboard full-service hospital. The potential use of the Idris as a medical frigate in general could also be an option. You know, think uh, Star Wars Nebulon B frigate. I will say this, the med bay is in an unusual position considering where patients would and should be taken into the ship. Transit from the med bay could take several minutes from the main hangar or the Argo hangar, which could complicate things for you. The missile room is probably self-explanatory. The missile turret topside will be fed from ammunition stores in this area. We should expect direct magazine access and a reload time to weapons high. Well, well done, this room can also be expected to have special safety features considering the ordnance contained within. As with a larger ship, the CO and XO of the Idris will also have a dedicated living space separated from the rest of the crew. I would expect the captain's stateroom to also be used for, let's say, entertaining from time to time. Bathrooms, sleeping quarters, and the mess hall are contained within one specific area of the Idris. Sleeping quarters have what appear to be 13 sets of bunks for a total of 26 beds. If you were to hot bunk, obviously many more crew would be supported, which leaves the Idris open to general troop transport or general transport missions. So past crew quarters, you'll find the cargo bay, which is 800-ish storage in the M, near 1,000 in the P. Uh, the cargo bay has independent lifts to the main hangar. This cargo area will also double to store needed supplies for extended operations. So on the starboard side of the Idris, we have Marines-focused ready room with an armory and even a shooting range for weapons testing. To port, we have a brig, essentially, with a guard room and a secure cell holding area if you wanted to hold a few bad guys for potential bounty claims. Engineering is really the beating heart of the Idris. Storage, system access, and the engine room itself are essential spaces that must be protected at all costs. From tweaks to the Idris reactor performance to damage control teams and modifications, these areas are sure to be a frequently traveled part of the hull, crewed by hopefully your most competent engineers. The pilot briefing room will be used to review strategic and tactical situations and prep pilots for mission requirements and expectations. No doubt we will be spending a ton of time in this room for Squadron 42 and beyond. The EVA at least 50 people in the case of a potential emergency. Entry to the dual size 7 top turret on the bow and a rear underbelly dual size 5 repeater turret aft are also available on this deck. Lift to the main bridge is also active. So if the engineering spaces are the heart of the Idris, the bridge and the sub-bridge are the brain and nerve center of the Idris. The main and lower bridge control basically all ship functions from navigation to component installation and control, 
information and data in regards to situational awareness are also filtered to the bridge so informed decisions can be made. You know, want to turn starboard? This is where you would have to do that. Have enemy contacts in the asteroid belt? This is where you would act upon that information. Want to fire that spinal mount at the closest bad guy? You know, you get the point. So, of course, it goes without saying, an assortment of crew multi-use stations are on the bridge, allowing access to specifics of ship controls and system management. Entry to two dual-size five repeater turrets, top and aft, are also available on this deck. We'll follow this video in the near future with a part two that talks about operational roles and uses the Idris could actually fill. Obviously, there is quite a bit there, and better broken up into two parts, with this part one being an introduction to the Idris and the basics of the hull itself. Being the first capital ship sold in the verse players, the Idris holds a special place in the Star Citizen lineup. Arguably one of the most important ships in the game for these simple reasons, the Idris will do much to define the experience of flying around in a very large vessel. From individual backers that want something huge to fly around in, to orgs with groups of these ships out to achieve a tactical objective, you are sure to see the Idris at some point in the game. The Idris will be a ship to be respected, feared, and appreciated for its capabilities, and could very well be the workhorse of the UEE against the Vandal and hostile players alike. There is no doubt for those of us that started supporting the Star Citizen Project for the dream of one day serving on the bridge of the Enterprise or a Mon Calamari cruiser, the Idris is the first and closest in being the most visible thing in sci-fi to achieve that sheer scale and function. In many ways, the anticipated success of the Idris as an internet spaceship is the success of Star Citizen itself. There will be many revisions of this concept, but in how much we have seen the Idris to date, we are well on our way. Folks, thank you for joining us for Star Citizen Capital Ships Episode 1, The Idris Frigate. Our second episode will dive into the operational use of the Idris and what we should expect from a gameplay perspective. I very much appreciate your support, subs, and comments. Like you, I'm a fan and it's a blast, literally, spending time here talking sci-fi and internet spaceships. Fly dangerously and see you in the verse. That was a great video. Thank you for and you all for that. Uh, let me post the link in the... Yeah, thank you for doing that. Uh, I got to give it up to Andrew Rawls, guys. I mean, very comprehensive video, well produced, uh, made it so that I wouldn't have to dig all that up for the show. So I'm happy, <laughs> happy about it. Um, but uh, yeah, just some really great stuff that was there. And uh, whoa, we got a commercial going on. All right, sorry about that, guys. Um, what I want to do is some of the things that Andrew had in his video, we have in our video as well. We did produce our own video for this, and we want to kind of go through it. And so most of our commentary will probably be more on this, but I wanted, for those of you who weren't familiar with the Idris, to kind of get some of that background information on it. Um, and we're going to kind of start at the very beginning of the concept videos that CIG produced, all the way to the most recent stuff that we saw last week in uh, ISC. So uh, without further ado... Let's go ahead and jump into that, and then, guys, we can do our commentary over this as we go along. This was from this was from 2015. 
that was one of the first times that we saw the Idris uh, during the presentation at the very end uh, they flew it over and the place went crazy for those of you who remember this is um, Fast Cart's favorite video Fast car, tell uh, Kimmy what you told me earlier about this video when you watched it. Oh, yeah. But when, when, when we get when we get to the part, of it, I'll say. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, the character design, animation, and stuff like that—you can tell it from 2015. It's it's advanced so much since then. Those of you who remember this when this video premiered, this was another one where the crowd kind of went crazy. We seeing the Idris. Uh, it was also our first uh, look at one of the Arc, uh, Argo ships as well. I don't even think we had this ship at the time. Did we have it? Was it released? Do you guys remember? I think it was released at the same time. Was, was it like, released? I think it released like within like an hour of the video or something. Okay, like okay. I'll give it a little more. I'll give it a little more audio for this one. Oh, I'm ahead. I gotta pause the video. Let it catch up on the screen. Okay. This one's ID five two three R six. I remember how excited we were when we saw this um, inside the Idris, and like anything for any of us who've been around when stuff came out in Star Citizen, we thought it looked really good back in the day. We thought it looked exceptional, and now when you look at it. <laughs> What is that? What is that term called? Coyote ugly. <laughs> yeah, the detail and animations, and even though this was all early stuff, we thought this looked great. Uh, there was a lot of clipping in the video, but as far as the animations went, we thought they were pretty good. Oh, and the part where they got to choose their own option, that was pretty cool. It's a little crazy for that part. I guess if you guys will remember, the complement for the Idris is three fighters and one utility vehicle. A lot of times people think it holds a lot more than that, but that's the standard complement. It'll be great to know if somebody doesn't put that blast wall up behind a ship, whether it'll impact the ships behind it. <laughs> Probably will. Or maybe something in the Guardian 42 about that very thing. Yeah. I like, the, I, like, I, I like how they did the shield. Yep. What were you saying, Kimmy? All about the details. I'm going to be the voice in your head while you're flying. Don't you worry, though. I'll be gentle. Oh, did you hear about Claude? He's on PD. Yeah, you can tell his, his character model is vastly improved. Or yeah. character model in general. Yeah. Pilots, this is AV-1. Come back. How'd it go? 
one, this is Flight Ops. I've got you. Just waiting for some traffic to clear the deck, but we better get out of this here. Next stop, the main deck. Kimmy, there was some thoughts you said earlier about this. I know the video and the other video was playing a little louder. What were you saying about the ship reaching on scale? Oh, definitely. They, they've captured the, the sense of scale of, of these ships, how they handle, how they move. Um, they definitely have captured that vision, for sure. And that, that was right off the bat with the first iteration of their... Uh, Come a little closer to your mic here, just a little soft. Alright. There we go. Okay. Thanks for the raid, gamer. You guys said something too that was a little compelling about um, inside the interior with the uh, briefing room. And immediately what I thought about was Mark Hamill and the mission givers uh, doing the uh, tours of your campaign and such yeah which was similar with wing commander but then there was the other thing that uh those holding cells and you remember uh in squadron 42 demo they had the the guys that was representing the omc yeah omc and and, and i can only imagine that those are that's going to be the holding cell for those three interlopers or the uh, problem makers those are uh, three pirates there and it just made me think about that One of the things I know I'm hoping that they do do, because of the size of these ships, uh, and I don't know if they've alluded to it, is that they do put cameras in on them, because ships this size landing them, they had the other pilots that were helping a little bit, because even though he did a great landing here, he had difficulty because of the different elevations below him, and also things like boulders, rocks. Um, I think it would help pilots a lot if they were able to use their MFD, bring up a camera, and see like where the landing legs are, just to make sure they're not putting them down on something. Oh, it could be something more basic too, as well, or as well, uh, Griff, with the the altitude that you're at, your centering, kind of like when they did way back when the uh, flight school module that they had in, in Star Citizen, where you're learning how to take off and such. Well. They kept it kind of simple. Yeah, but I'm saying you still need something for obstructions. You can't see obstructions otherwise, is my point. Right. I, I get what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? But I'm saying to make sure that your landing feet that your landing feet aren't on top of maybe even another ship that's parked down there. You know what I mean? Because right. if you've got pilots in the air like they are here, he's got three fighters that are helping him put that ship down. But if you're coming in on your own, you've got to have some type of exterior something. You know what I mean? Because the ships are just too big. I've tried to lie to the 890 and had that problem with the 890. I can't imagine doing it with a ship this big. For a, a geometric outline of your ship and how it looks uh, according to, uh, from a bird's eye view. Griff, all you got to do is just look down and say, excuse me, and just carry on with your business. Yeah, if, if, you're, if you're underneath, you better move, basically, right? Shit about to drop. Get out of the way. <laughs> and one thing that is nice about this video is it does give you an idea of scale, particularly when he's running alongside the ship. It's still kind of hard to tell here. But for those of us who know how big that rover is, we can tell. I think one of the issues even to this day when you compare it to the uh, newer ships, uh, for example, the Carrot, that hydraulic landing system, uh, those uh, those individual legs, they need some sort of uh, individual hydraulics to apply to 
uneven surfaces. We're back. Yeah, guys, sorry. I don't know what's going on tonight with Twitch. We're having issues. Ms. Hart says Twitch is twitchy tonight. Right, <laughs> yeah. Even though, even though we just restarted, I had to. I got the spinning circle. Now it's back again. Now compare this. This is like 2017. The Mall right. Tour was 2015. Look at yeah. That's like two years. Two years difference. And and this, you know what the funny part about that is, guys? Remember how people were saying, oh, they should have they said they were gonna put it out in twenty fifteen. How come they didn't put it out? Well imagine what it would have looked like <laughs> back then. I also appreciate the fact did you guys see when the VTOLs when the engines rotated on that thing? Oh yeah. That yeah. thing's moving. And and it's good to see good point right there, uh, Griff, that I love how they recycle their tech in regards to what you just said. Think about the Miss Prospector. So other ships uh, look at Drake when they uh, when it's going in uh, its rotations of the um, the engines. Yeah, the VTOLs. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah. Took him a little while to get up there to the deck too. <laughs> oh seven. But you know what? Going forward with the process and, and, and how this relates to the now of Star Citizen, the the, the meta game, and all I can think uh, about is the deal. insurance rates are going to be ridiculous for this game. <laughs> the, the, the operation costs ridiculous. I, I can't help. It cannot escape my mind. It's just how much is it going to cost to run this shit? Now we just did a quick edit, guys. Go ahead, go ahead for a fast cart. What were you going to say? Uh, this is why you need people like me and Griffin who do the industrial stuff so guys can afford to do the stuff that you <laughs> No, I was going to say in the video here, this was an edit because we, we had to cut a little bit here, but there was a part two to this that you guys remember the first time they showed him getting on the Idris and then there was the Idris battle, which, you know, was enjoyable. We also knew it was a little bit tweaked because they didn't have all day to have the battle, but uh, see two Idrises going at it. Oh, wow, yeah. There it goes, guys. This is a serious, serious blast. Give it a second here. It's coming up. It's coming up. See it? Yeah, I see it. Which video is this? This is the part two to that battle. We actually see it go up. There's an animation for you. Well, Sig spoiled it. Because we're expecting to see better this time. With this <laughs> I'm gonna be real. That's that's uh, that's so nice. That's so 2015. Ah, 2017. <laughs> Don't push him back too far. 2017. It's 2017. It's so I'm 2017. Huh? Hey, I'm spoiled. Sig, you spoiled me. <laughs> hey, Eli. Thanks for following us. Glad 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 to have you. 
All right, here's another uh, example coming up, guys, in a second of when we got to see another uh, image of uh, the Idris. And this one was even in more detail, in fact, to me. Oh, yeah. That, that scale is really, um, really conveyed or communicated very well. And Montoya Tess, thank you for the follow. Oh, seven, Montoya Tess. Thank you, sir. Oh, seven. What were you saying uh, last week about testes just being a bunch of guys that are lazy and don't do anything last week? Is that you, Kimmy, saying that last week? <laughs> <laughs> don't even try it, man. Don't even try it. Come on, now. It'd be 8938. Thank you for following. I'll, I'll be real. I'm, okay. pulling Kimmy, right. I'm pulling Kimmy's chain. That's all. I'm just yeah, pulling this chain. Are. I deserved it. I okay. Deserved it. So here we go again. More interiors. This We see even more detail now uh, on the Idris. Uh, the, and compared to the Morrow Tour, like you were saying earlier, Kimmy and uh, Fastcart, the definitely Im improvement on the animations and detail. Fidelity has taken a bump courtesy of PBR, physical base rendering. Look at the lighting reflections, the light reflections. Yeah. And the shadows. Yeah. Yes. The other thing that they talked about, I remember at this time they were talking about the pathfinding for the AI, and I noticed it in, on, at this point how the AI actually move around each other and around him, where in the other one that didn't happen. Yeah. And when you're conversating with someone, they said that you have that eye contact. Yep. Where, wherever you move, they will move. And and guess what? That that tech has been uh, conveyed over into the creepy AI right now. If you stand next to them, they kind of yeah, look at you a little bit. <laughs> it's a little creepy, but yeah, because of the server ticks are down, yeah, they do that little creep out uh, stare at you. But yeah, they they have they have the vision for this shit. They know where everything is, and they're just creating a layer cake of just deliciousness, if that's a word. <laughs> Here's another entrance into the main command area, and again, you can see all the different workstations. You know what, guys? All right. One thing that I'm seeing that they're lacking that that is uh, evident with the newer tech. You remember, and I'm going to give you the hint: the cut, the cutlass red. <laughs> the, the issue was the lighting. They're gonna. They're gonna definitely have the lighting passes uh, bumped up on the ship now. It's a little dark when you look at it. Well, it's no probably nowhere near where they're at. I mean, you oh, gotta yeah. remember how far back this was, you know. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and again, we're still in alpha. This even now. It's missing that. Hi. It's spoiled us, man. Man, again, it, it lends to that operating cost. Uh, having now, what is the thing in the game? Food. Feeding, <laughs> feeding these people, and, and mainly the NPCs that you employ as part of your crew. You you gotta have the food to feed, keep them happy. There's also another great video. If you guys remember Teller, T E L L E R. Yeah, Teller would put out these videos uh, from using the schematics of the ships. He has a great one out for the Idris, and it's a walkthrough. He has an Idris tour. Um, take a look at it. It's, of course, a little dated because it's earlier, but for that time, it was very, very detailed. Um, but take a look at his video if you want to see another walking tour of the ship.
Relum, Relum is another uh, streamer who does that too. He, he recently did a virtual tour of the Carrick and oh my gosh, it's spot on. High res, everything. As you walk through it, look them up. Great work, Relum. I know, I think I get lost on ships now. I can't even imagine trying to memorize all of this. Right. <laughs> okay, browse. <laughs> yeah, J2, don't start. <laughs> hey, this is an Aegis video, so we're not doing any luxury, so uh, Twitch should not be hating on me tonight. <laughs> The engine room's pretty amazing. It's, uh, engineers are going to be very popular people, I think, on any of the large multi-crew ships. And when you say that, Griff, are you talking on both of players or NPCs or strictly... You know what? I, let me tell you something. NPCs, I have less care about NPCs than anybody else. People talk about NPCs all the time. I did not get in this game to play with NPCs. I got into it to play with people. I'm sorry. And I know there's some people out of here who just want, I'm just going to hire NPCs and fly my ship. Well, that, that's fine. But but I've looked forward to... And don't get me wrong. I I, I like NPCs in the sense of them filling the, filling the gap. You know what I'm saying? When you're short, it's nice to know that you can pull them in. Uh, if you're flying a ship like a Retaliator, for example, and knowing that you can man those turrets, that's great. But areas of like engineering, um, sciences, I I want human interaction because I want people I can talk right. to that can give me feedback. You know, um, and I'm sorry, can an NPC respond quickly to something in engineering? If I have a priority that I want right. him to work on, if he's working on engines and I say, hey, dude, I need you to fix shields, will an NPC respond as quickly as a human will do for me for that? I just I'm just digging it, it for humans. The, I think it depends on the task. Like yeah. Some, uh, one, one task, an NPC might respond better. Another task, a human might respond better. Depends on how many clicks the uh, human have to make. Well, they would easy, you can easily say that they would be a disadvantage of NPCs who are at a lower skill set, uh, entry level to intermediate. Definitely, sure. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> if I were you all, <laughs> I wouldn't do that. Oh, Montoya is the one that said it. I, I was thinking it, but I wasn't going to say it. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, God. BSM, baby. BSM. <laughs> I refreshed right when Montoya commented, so you'll have to tell me what he said later. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I, 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 I copied and put it. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> I met Montoya at, uh, for the first time at CitizenCon in Austin. Uh, uh -huh. yeah, now, there's an example. There, there's you an example what? right there, guys. Real quick, there's an example coming up here. NPC doing something that's very rudimentary that's part of the schedule, things that happen on a ship oh, or yeah. at a location. Yeah. Something as simple as mopping or cleaning up. Yeah. Tony Z even alluded to the fact that that could happen if someone were to drop something and spill something, that there may be some type of AI understanding of how to respond to that uh just to let people know whenever you get a uh, error or something like that just refresh and it should, it should come back as soon as possible like i've been refreshing like every minute or so because um whenever, whenever the stream just stopped i just refreshed and it seemed to work yeah we're being trolled by twitch sorry twitch but uh come on 
All right, our video is going to wrap up in a couple of seconds, but I, I decided to cut it here because when we watched the Morrow tour, it we ended right at about the same area when the Argo was pulling in, and just to see the difference in the detail now, totally different. I just started particle. I just started particle. Yeah, Montoya bring up bring up an interesting question: How much of this has been, has been redone? All of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Montoya, I'm having the same issue in Chrome too. It must be Chrome that's having issues with this. No, I, th I think it's Twitch. I don't think it's Chrome. I think it's Twitch. Yeah, I, okay. I think it's Oprah. Oh, Shiver's getting an opera, opera too. Yeah. Sorry, guys. And gals. That's almost reminiscent of the uh, days of the helmet tossing almost for a second there. Oh yeah, look at the ship itself. The the current ship that we have now is so much updated to this. I'm way behind on the on Tristram. Mobile. Yeah, I want to throw this out to any of you all out there who might own an uh, Idris. Uh, none of us do, <laughs> your hosts. Uh, but uh, if any of you own one, we'd like to maybe type in what uh, what are your feelings about the ship? Do you think it'll be something you'll take out frequently? Is it something you'll only take out with an org? Uh, give us a, give us some thoughts there in chat. Because I am curious as to now that this ship is getting closer and closer, what people are thinking about it. I'm pretty sure my toy is going to bite into the sun the first chance <laughs> Yeah, J2, you're right. Um, the week, this thing with Todd Pappy the other day, he talked about how the uh, helmet thing is coming because they were talking about taking it on and off when people have to eat. So it's it's on the way. There we go, firing them out. Get ready to take off. Oh, they're close. He said to take it out and get sushi. Yeah. <laughs> Great solo ship. And Montoya, next time you get some suits, you bring, bring me some, man. <laughs> <laughs> I am buffering like crazy. Jeez, OP. I just got an error. I'm reloading, refreshing. I do have a question uh, to Kimmy and uh, Fastcard. Do you guys use the MFDs or do you go and do shortcut keys to do things like starting the engines and all that stuff? I'm, let me tell you. Go ahead, fast car. I do uh, short. I, I do um, keyboard or I use voice attack. Okay. Man, I am all about that game glass. Okay. Okay, use game glass. Okay, cool. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. This is this is Zenthorx's video. You guys are familiar with Zenthorx. He puts out videos usually in 4K, and he did a really decent, detailed walk around of the Idris when it was at the Intergalactic Expo. Oh, wow. And so the se the scenes you're seeing here were done by him. I did give credit at the beginning. I should have just kept it underneath. But uh, this gives us, a, once again, size of scale. And you guys know how big that Expo room is. This gives you an idea yeah. of how big this ship is. I'm putting it into a quick shot. 
similar to that uh that wake up call that i talked about when i discovered that well with the argo mole you're going to need uh, to take advantage of these multi-crew ships <laughs> you need more people and you're not going to get the full functionality out of it it's not going to be like the aquila you can fly it solo um Trying to find a fly Aquila solo. Well, some of us do. <laughs> you lone pilots, I tell you. <laughs> you lone pilots, you'll never learn. <clears throat> I have an Aquila. I don't have a. Uh, yeah, I mean, why why would you take an Aquila out if you're gonna go out by yourself? I'm just curious. I'm just curious. Oh, oh, like I said, I'm like I have the freelancer in my house. Oh, not you. I'm talking about Mr. Kimmy, the solo guy over no, there. No, I'm just saying if. It, <laughs> You, you know, you might wake up late night one time and say, well, I want to go check something out. And In my 315P. <laughs> Look at the size of this gear, man. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. Like, I remember this. This is, about uh, 2018? Yeah. Yeah, 2018. Wow. I went down there. I, I checked it out. I was like... <laughs> no, I mean, even in real life, my character was looking up, but I was looking up too. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> That's a big gun. <laughs> yeah. It's still amazing that they're able to, I mean, talking about on a computer design level, create such detail. Um, I remember the first time when they went from the Mark III to the Mark IV for the Constellation, and I can't remember what the number was, but they told us how many um, uh, bits or whatever it was it took to make the ship and how they were able to reduce it down from millions down to the tens of thousands or something like that. It was some oh, yeah. crazy <laughs> number. I, I mean, I just can't believe that the that coding has gotten to that place now where you know even putting something this big on the screen, m not moving the amount of data it would take, let alone m you know moving multiple levels, interiors, it's crazy. Yeah, it's funny that you say that because in the beginning of the process with Sig was, in order to uh, really capture the attention of the backers was to go all out with those details and not realizing the tech, what they say, what they call the tech debt that was uh, attached to the, the levels of details on these ships. And now it's completely the opposite. Now they're looking at all these savings of slashing and cutting it down to its bare essentials, but at the same time, keeping the fidelity, if not the same, but better. And they're pushing for better. This is going to so, yeah, take a Okay. Yeah. I remember the, the, the change for the um, calculation on it when they, when they really put a lot of detail and stuff in the and stuff like that. They melted the computers all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Marta, good point. You're right. Those videos the Digital Foundry did, they just put out two. They've got another one coming out soon. Uh, they give a wonderful breakdown behind the scenes of uh, how CIG has done this. Here's our footage from uh, last week coming up, guys, too. From the uh, most recent one of the Idris and the Idris mission. Yeah, it's coming up soon. There's your scale right there, though. You're still at a distance from that ship. Teaming up with them, taking them through the first few missions, and then 
you know, calling on the rest of the server. Uh, you remember the day I'm talking about the battle and how it um, they had like 10 retaliators at, at, pounding at it and it didn't do anything? Yes, yeah, he said it wasn't having it. That was just too funny. <laughs> and, he, and he said it was chaos too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is not Star Wars. It's not. Yeah. This is about staying in your lane uh, in Star Citizen. You, you see it, Idris, you're in an Aurora. Uh, what's going to happen? The Aurora's going to fly by and hit Quantum and leave. <laughs> or he'll just fly by and say, wow, what a nice ship. As long as he doesn't point his yeah, guns yeah. at it. Nobody, you know, and he's like a mess with Aurora. Close. Yeah. Get too close. They got to keep a perimeter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, some things we didn't talk about about the Idris was, first of all, when it came out, it came out. It was in a very limited amount of ships that were first released for it. And uh, weirdly enough, when this ship comes out, it sells. I mean, people have the disposable income to uh, drop the money for it, right? Mind-boggling. I think it was a thousand when it first came out. Then it went up to twelve fifty, then thirteen hundred. Then I think the most recent we saw was War Bond was uh third was fifteen hundred. No, I'm sorry, thirteen hundred. And credit was fifteen hundred. Right? Is that right? Right. Okay. Yeah. So and also, and also every time they sell out instantly within seconds. There's no yeah. waiting. You gotta be. You gotta be. Unbelievable. Fast and F five and right, ready to go. So yeah, otherwise you miss it. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm kind of curious. Uh, well, you know, then well, let me talk about the evolution a little bit more. So we, we come out with the Idris M, we get the Idris P. Then on the sale, I think it was last year, year before when they went on sale, is that when they put out the Idris K package for $250, which allowed people to take on the laser uh, for it instead? Is that remember? Is that correctly? Because it basically turns the civilian version right into right. one that has <laughs> battle okay. capability. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna be honest. Since it's an interest, I didn't really pay attention. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> a ship I'm going to get. Uh, no, uh, no, no meaning at harm. It's a, that's a nice ship. It's just not my playstyle. But yeah. How yeah. Are you oh, I'm not going nowhere near it. And that's me. <laughs> I, was, I was the guy you, I was explaining uh, in the war. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was talking about myself. Uh, <laughs> so after that. Um, I think the only ship now that's purchasable from, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, there's only two other ships. Uh, we go into the, either the um, Drake, um, what's the thing called? The big one? The um, Kraken. The Kraken. the Kraken, right? Kraken. So the Kraken, and then after, I'm some of the ones that are actually that people can buy right now. And the only oh. other one after that would be the Javelin. Um, and the Javelin right now, I think, is going for like $3,000. Uh, and again, another ship that when it goes on sale, usually in limited amounts, um, they get sold out, you know, which is, yeah, which is, which is pretty amazing. Um, what else? Oh, we want to talk about this Idris mission. Um, there's some clues. I think that the, the, the devs gave us, I think you touched on one of them, uh, fast cart. They talked about the fact that even though they, uh, it's a progression before you get to this mission where the Idris finally appears. They didn't tell us how many steps you have to do, but obviously you start out with just something small and it builds toward it. They talk yeah, about from, from, from my impression, it sounds like there's like two or three. Two or three. Yeah, but yeah it may change by the, by the time it comes down. But who knows? Yeah, two or three. That's what it seems like. Okay. They also said that the Idris has numerous guns, as we saw from uh, Andrew Rawls' video. The thing is just decked with guns all over the place. 
And then they also talked about the capital shielding, two sets of capital shields, multiple power plants. There are uh, backup systems for the guns as well. Uh, so taking this ship out is not going to be a wow. simple task by any means. And I'm sure there are people already strategizing, you know, what's going to be the way to take out this ship. Uh, my concern is, is there's only so many people on a server, which means there's only so many friends you can call to help you take this right. ship out. You know what I mean? So if you yeah. have a server that has maybe, I'm just picking a random number, 35 people that don't know you, that only gives you 15 slots of people to come on wow. board with and try and take on the ship. So you're going to have to try to hope that you can work out a deal where you get at least maybe half of the server or people you know uh, that can help you maybe take this thing out. Okay, folks. Anyway, thank you all for being here tonight and bearing with Twitch and us. We don't know why Twitch didn't like us tonight, um, but we do appreciate the fact that you guys are here and uh, all the comments and questions and everything that came up. So uh, you guys got anything else you want to say to everybody before we jump out of here? Kimmy, you're first. Kimmy, it's on you, for fast card says. Oh, it's on me? Yeah, he said you first. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, with the kind of sort of lull that SIG is having, uh, don't distress yourself because they are behind the scenes getting together the core data that they need to push the project forward and to get a balance, uh, a connection as to what they're doing and the hurdles that they're overcoming. Just keep them encouraged that they're working hard to get it done. So that's all I got. Yeah, I just want to say that um, we're going to try to put this video together for YouTube, so hopefully we can have a consolidated um, video for that. So stay, stay tuned to our YouTube channel. Um, also on Tuesday, I'll be on, well, I have a playlist for Miss Hearts on, on the 80s show on the base radio, so and also i was on melee yesterday so there's maybe a video on youtube for that so if you want to see, see more of me check that out cool. okay well other than that guys we really appreciate everybody who was here tonight and we always appreciate you guys support um you can always check us out on twitter on uh, at soul citizens is that right <laughs> <laughs> I think that's our I think that's our thing, right? At Soul Citizens. And we also do uh if you look on the bottom below, we've got information on where you can check us out on a podcast as well. So if you're driving around, riding around, doing your workout at the club, uh health club that is, um, you can always go there and find yeah. us as well. So anyway well, club is fine too. You never Yeah, they listen to us. I don't think they're gonna listen to us at the club. I I'm There's very serious. If if that's the case. I know, I know. <laughs> All right, well, anyway, we're going to sign out, guys. Thanks again for all the support. We're going to probably raid. It uh, looks like i got Sergeant Tickles up here, so we're going to send some love over to him. So uh, he's doing Tom Clancy's The Division for you FPS oh. people out there. You can kind of follow up with that. Take care, guys. Have a good night. Oh, seven. Take care.